When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how's this going to work? Are you going to pay me up front? I, I don't understand. It'd be really great if I could get paid now in cash. Oh, well, we don't do that. Okay, well, when you cut my check, just make it payable to Dewey Finn for tax reasons. You can discuss all of that with Candace in administration at the end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? We commence at 8.15. School lets out at 3. Oh, uh-oh, you know what? Uh, you think I could cut out a little early today? I got some stuff I got to do. It's cool. I can stay. Mr. Schneebly, this is considered the best elementary school in the state, and we maintain that reputation by adhering to a strict code of conduct, faculty included. You know what? You don't have to worry about me because I'm a hard ass, and if a kid gets out of line, I got no problem smacking him in the head. No, no, no. We don't use corporal punishment here. Okay, so just verbal abuse? Mr. Schneebly, if you have any problems with any of your students, you just send them to me. I will do the disciplining. Check. This is Tom. And Zeus. From the Shout It Out Loudcast. And you're listening to The Hook Rocks with Jay Scott. The ultimate rock community podcast. Rock crowd, throw your arms around me. I feel glad when you all surround me. It's you, it's you who grounds me When you're done, put me back where you found me For the show I never know if I could make it I spend each day Each day trying not to fake it Every morning Is a constant struggle But when I'm with you my life that makes perfect sense Rock crowd, throw your arms around me I feel glad when you all surround me It's you, it's you who grounds me When you're done, put my bag where you found me yeah. I sit backstage Oh, I never know what to play Hey everybody, what's going on? Happy Memorial Day to you. Hope you're all barbecuing. Hope you are enjoying the first weekend of summer. It's not really officially summer. We have a few more weeks for that, but this is always thought of across the United States at least as this being the first weekend of summer because everybody's out and about and there's carnivals, there's barbecues, there's whatever. You know, it's just people finally cleaning out their uh, their patio furniture or cleaning off their patio furniture and sitting and uh, enjoying themselves and barbecuing some ribs or some steak or burgers or dogs or whatever. So hope you're all enjoying your day and we've got a special episode for you. First off, I'd like to mention that yes, we are part of the Pantheon podcast and the Hook Rocks is very excited to be part of that family and also be part of the other podcasts that are on that platform, such as Mistress Carrie, who we just had on 
a week or so ago. Shout out Loudcast, my friends Tom and Zeus, Vinny Apice, Carmen Apice, Cobras and Fire, you name it, Martin Popoff. This is some great music podcasts. There's so many others on that platform. They're continuing to grow. And uh, if, if you want to visit their website, pantheonpodcast.com, I'm sure you'll find something. There's some really interesting points of view in terms of music and how people cover it and how what people want to discuss. As always, follow us, subscribe to us wherever you podcast so you can get the latest episode and a little bit of a secret that usually those who do subscribe and follow get the episode a few hours before it drops on my social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook, Facebook which you can both follow at The Hook Rocks. Search those both up on Twitter and Facebook. Write us a review. Be interactive. We love hearing from you. So uh, enjoy the music topics, the music interviews, the commentary we have, and uh, the polls we do run on our social media too as well. I'd like to welcome in our next guest. This is the third time he has been a guest on the show. It's always a pleasure to have one of the members of the Groove Council, which is a little bit of our group that we talk about non or new music offline, and we share new bands from the UK. There's a few people that are um, from across the pond that are part of it. There's people that are local here to the States, all over in different cities. And from Southern California, I'd like to welcome in Rob in the Hood. What's going on? How are you? Hi, Jay. I'm, I'm getting by. I'm using music to pull me through the tough times that we've had. That's the sunnier times ahead, hopefully. i got to say, you made me hungry with your description of Memorial Day food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We're all looking forward to it. And hey, man, you know, it, it has been a tough year for many of us. And, uh, you know, I, I just wish continued healing through music for you. And someday, someday soon, hopefully, there'll be light at the end of the tunnel and light upon us, you know, who the, for those that are struggling. So right on, right on. So we decided to do this episode probably about three, four weeks ago. And it's basically a tribute to the festivals that we all love and the festivals that we've been to. We've watched on TV throughout the years, throughout our journey in music. I always mention the U S festival, or now I should say the Us Festival, as I was corrected by Sonny <laughs> Pooney and Stephen Wright from Growing Up Rock Podcast. It is the Us Festival. I did call it the Us Festival when I was younger. Then I was corrected by someone, God, you know, like a decade later after I saw it. I've been calling it the U.S. Festival, but it is, in fact, the Us Festival. But Memorial Day weekend, I think it was the Saturday or Sunday, my parents had a barbecue and we were probably labeled as unsocial brats because my brother and I refused to go outside because we had Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, Judas Priest, Triumph, Scorpions, Van Halen in, gosh, where was it? Southern California? In yeah, it was actually, that, that plays a role in, in, in my uh, my selection here, but uh, uh, I, I don't understand why you would go outside if you could watch that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we were glued to the TV because the only access we had to rock and roll, obviously, was the radio. But to see them, we only had the magazines and the videos. And the videos were in its infant stages at that time, which was 83. But, you know, Circus Magazine and Hip Raider and Cream and 
whatever else publication. I don't think Metal was it Metal uh, Sludge was it called or I forget what it was called. Oh, I remember I remember Kerrang. Yeah, Kerrang. And then there was I forget the name of the one publication that came on like in the mid eighties. Um, God, I forget the name of it, but it it that was the only access we had to know what these you know rock stars looked like when they were on stage. We had the back covers of the albums, which usually had pictures, but that was it. And I was eight years old at the time. My brother was twelve. This was a big moment for our fandom, our our love for rock music, and nothing will ever take away seeing Dave Lee Roth prance around the stage and assless chaps, and my mother <laughs> walking in while he's on the stage, going, "Oh my God, what are you boys watching?" And I knew right then and there I tapped into something that was for me and my parents didn't like, and I loved it even more. Well, I'll, I'll confirm your, your pronunciation of it uh, that you're using now, the US Festival. I, I do have a, a friend at work who, who went to it. Um, the, the festival was actually at uh, Glen Helen Amphitheater, which is here in San Bernardino and is basically in my backyard. Uh, and I have talked to him a bit about what it was like that day. And, and mostly, I mean, it, it kind of sounds to me like the same way that some people who went to Woodstock describe that, where they talk about the mud and the crowds. But he said it was very crowded, it was very hot, and they had to park miles away, and they had to hike. Unfortunately, he was obviously a much younger man at the time. But he, he said that his friend just about uh, developed heat stroke, but that in, in retrospect, it was all worth it to have been there at a really like a seminal moment for, for hard rock in the United States. Yeah, they called it the heavy metal day. And there were other days, too, as well. There were the other days with other musicians. And I think the big acts were David Bowie and Van Halen. And I, if I have read correctly over the years, Van Halen was the first rock and roll act to get over a million dollars for a show. I think they got $1.3 million. Wow. And, and that was back in 83. I mean, imagine what that is now doing that. Right. But um, it was put on by Apple. And um, they they were the kind of the 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 ones that kind of led the charge to put this festival together. There were three nights or three days over Memorial Day, and then I think there were three days over the previous Labor Day. I want to say of of eighty two. I want to say right. That's right. that's correct. So they had it over two different weekends, and it was just huge. MTV covered it. Every publication covered it. And if you look at that day and those bands that were on that bill, Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Ozzy, Triumph, Judas Priest, Scorpions, and Van Halen, the following albums that they had were gigantic. Quiet Riot had already released Metal Health, and that just, you know, put them into superstar status. Uh, Motley Crue had Too Fast for Love, but really you know, gain popularity with Shout the Devil. Bark at the Moon for Ozzy was the first record with Jakey Lee, who replaced Randy Rhodes, and that was a big record. You had Judas Priest, who released Defenders of the Faith after that, which was huge. They were coming off the tour with Screaming for Vengeance. The fifth band, um, Triumph, released Thunder 7, which was a big record. Scorpions come out with Love at First Sting, which people forget how big that album was and during that time. And then, of course, the big album, 1984 by Van Halen, which would have been number one if not for the album Thriller by Michael Jackson. So that day, those bands really propelled 
heavy metal, hard rock into a whole different avenue, into a whole different wave of popularity. And those bands, with maybe the exception of Quiet Riot, and I know Triumph kind of plateaued after Thunder 7, but those bands really were relevant for the next 10 years at least um, until the grunge era, of course, came and zapped all that away. But those were really the bands. I mean, there were others, Guns N' Roses and Rat and Iron Maiden and other bands too as well, but those were really focal point bands and legendary bands that still to this day draw crowds whenever they play. Yeah, and the uh, the time frame was, was just right for me. That was the beginning of my, um, well, right on the cusp of my freshman year in high school. And so my, my impressionable young mind was ready to be imprinted with all that stuff. And, and, you know, there was a, um, that second us festival, the, the one that we were focusing on right now was produced by, um, Barry Fay, who was the promoter in the Denver concert scene, which is the area in which I grew up. And he had Fay line and he was really responsible for putting that whole show together. Yeah. Just an amazing time. There's video, um, there's videos on YouTube of the of each performance. Uh, you can watch all of it. Though for those that have never seen it, it's a fantastic show. There's a lot of backstory, and one day we'll do a show on on the uh, on the festival itself. But Rob and I had an idea that Robin the Hood ha- and I had an idea that uh, we would make this show as kind of like a tribute to the US Festival and other festivals because it's Memorial Day weekend and the summer's coming up and festivals are being announced that we pick our our festival we name it we pick our individual days we have seven bands for each day the qualifications are that the band must be active so you know we can't do these fantasy fests where zeppelin and you know queen and all these other bands are on there um i i didn't make it a qualification but i kind of went the next step and said Hey, they've got to have a a either a full length album out or um, an EP at least released. Can't be like just based on a single. So I kind of went that route. I don't know if, if if Robin Hood did that or not, but that's kind of the way I went. But we're gonna start picking our our uh, our days, our name of our festival, and are the bands that are playing. So there's 21 total bands over a three day. Mine goes through Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, let's start with the name of the festival. What's yours? Okay. Well, you know, I, I, right in the middle of what you were just saying, I almost thought maybe I should change it. Uh, because instead of the us festival, you just referred to the our festival. I thought, well, that's a good one. Maybe we should use that. <laughs> um, I, I did have, I, you know, I initially had this idea and I know that you and Chris have kind of talked about this, uh, in the past, um, Chris Cordetti. And about how many bands there are that have black in the title, how many current bands have black in, the, in their name. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool to have a three-day festival called The Color of Rock where every band has a color in its name? And I started down that path, and I realized, well, I, I can't I can't come up with 27 active bands with, with colors in their title. I can do a lot of the black ones, and so I'm going to keep that one. Um, so I really decided that since, since everyone from Gene Simmons to others in the public and I have declared that rock is dead. I, I decided to call mine the rock is dead community seance. Mm. And you've, you've, um, you had mentioned at some point, uh, consider maybe the venue as well. And so I'm going to go right back to the site where the us festival was. Mine's going to be held at the Glen Helen amphitheater in, in San Bernardino for 
for multiple reasons. If it was going to be the Color Festival, I was going to stick it at Red Rocks, which is my favorite outdoor venue. But Glen Helen A is about 15 minutes away from where I live. Um, and there are some significant um, ties in rock and roll to San Bernardino that I don't think are really appreciated. One is the S Festival itself. Um, Randy Rhodes is buried in San Bernardino. His, uh, his, his grave is about three miles from where my office is. And something I learned recently, the very first North American appearance, live appearance of the Rolling Stones occurred in San Bernardino, about two miles away from my office. And so I think, hey, this is a great place for my Rock is Dead community seance. I like it. I like it. Um, that's awesome. I did not know that Randy Rhodes was buried in San Bernardino. Yeah, his, his, his marker is actually really easy to find. Um, it's in a it's in a pretty crappy area, actually, the cemetery. My understanding is, is because his aunt, who I believe taught music lessons in the area, and I could be wrong about this, I'm sure somebody will let me know, um, the, the family already had the plot, and so that's where they decided to, to bury him after he passed away. And so if you go to that cemetery, right inside the entrance, most of the markers in that cemetery are, are pretty, um, well, subdued and, and, and nothing out ostentatious immediately as you go in off to the left, you can see a fairly prominent marker and you go up there and it, and it is a, it's, it's not quite a mausoleum, but it's getting there. And there's all sorts of, um, uh, inscriptions on it that, that relate to rock and roll and, and giving the gift of music to the youth of, of the world. And it's, it's kind of cool that I can go visit that. That's awesome. I got next time out in California. I got to check that out. Absolutely. My name of the festival, or the, the festival that, or the name I give my festival, is called Celebration Days, and basically it's a celebration of rock music from new bands to legacy artists, and it's kind of meant to be a passing of the torch um, from the big bands that are my headliners to the bands that are up and coming. Um, I picked a venue that I have not been to in years, but I spent a lot of time there as a, as a teenager, as a young adult, um, and that is Alpine Valley in East Troy, Wisconsin. It's not the hundred thousand people or whatever that um, that you know the the US Festival was or some of the other festivals, but it's a great venue. It's got a huge lawn, and it's a great atmosphere. Every show I've ever been there, every show I've ever been to there has just been incredible, um, a, a great atmosphere. I've seen everyone from Aerosmith to Van Halen to Motley Crue to wherever. And it's just it's just under 40,000 capacity. It's 37,000. But, you know, this is the famed uh, venue that Stevie Ray Vaughan died at. His uh, helicopter crashed into the... Um, the, one of the ski hills at the resort. It's actually a, a ski resort in the wintertime, but they run concerts there in the summer, or they used to. They don't really do a lot there anymore. But this is, you know, has its history there. But I figure, you know, it's a it's a great place to celebrate music. So my festival is called Celebration Days. And I'm, I'm assuming that draws some inspiration for your from your uh, love for Led Zeppelin. It does. It's also a tribute to my favorite band, who I regard as the best, you know, rock band of all time and that is the great Led Zeppelin. I know we just talked on the podcast about the Beatles. Beatles I think have more of the greatest influence on rock music. 
I think Led Zeppelin is the greatest rock band. So that's where right I, on. I draw my differential. So day one, Friday, what do you call your first day? Do you have a name for it? Well, I do. I, I call it Black Friday. And um, as you and Chris have, have noted that there are a ton of bands out there right now that have, have black in the title. And so my first seven bands for Black Friday all use that, that moniker. Um, as, as you were talking about, I, I did select active bands. Um, I did pick all bands that have at least one full length recording. Um, I don't, there's nothing on my list that only has an EP. I think everybody has a, a full album out. Uh, I also only selected bands um, that I have been able to acquire a physical copy of the album. Um, CD, vinyl, um, I'm rather obsessed lately with vinyl because I got a new turntable a while back and it's just, it's really bad for my pocketbook, but I'm, I'm, I'm very much tied to that physical copy. And so for, for Black Friday, um, I have a, bu- a bunch of bands that are, well, you know, you know, I think, you know, from prior discussions that I kind of like some of the heavier stuff. And so I thought, well, why not have start off with something a little different? And, and so I think every festival probably has some act where everybody goes, what are we watching? What is this? And so I want to start off with a, a duo called the Black Donnellys, which is a pair of guys who are from Dublin, Ireland, and who currently are the resident uh, act at an Irish pub in Las Vegas. Uh, I caught them, I guess it's been almost two years ago now, um, maybe a year and a half. I mean, it was probably a year and a half ago that we, we were in Las Vegas for New Year's. And when you have a couple of, uh, of stouts and you're listening to live Irish music, what fun is that? They, they do have an album that's called This Is My Home. What's fairly notable about them is that they have a, uh, they, they set the Guinness World Record for most shows in most locations in the shortest amount of time. And there actually was a, uh, a mo- like a documentary movie that was made about them called This Is My Home. And they played 60 shows in 50 states in 40 days. So that's going to be my opening act. And I'm sure everybody will go, I don't know what I'm seeing, but this is not a rock and roll festival. <laughs> my, uh, my, my follow-up is the band Black Road from Chicago, uh, Your Neck of the Woods. They have a, an EP and a full-length album out. The EP is Black Road, and the full-length album is Witch of the Future. And that came out in 2019. They have a, a, a female lead singer who has like a really hypnotic kind of delivery to to her singing and it's a very um sabbathy riff based band um i I think that this band would really get people's attention Uh, i've been watching to see if they would put out something um in the near future they did their their guitarist put out an acoustic cover of the neil young song hey hey my my that has a really cool arrangement so if you look them up on like Bandcamp or something you can you can listen to that music it's like it's kind of um like like her voice, it kind of is, is hypnotizing. I follow them up with Revival Black, which is a band from Liverpool, England, that I know has been uh, mentioned in some of the conversations that we've had in the Groove Council. Uh, they had an album in 2019 called Step in Line. I think they're a very sunset strip kind of sound to them, um, kind of in line with the late 80s. They have a lot of like double stop bends on their guitars, a lot of open ringing tones. They have a really cool uh, kind of grimy tone to them. Um, they have uh, a couple of good songs to, to check out if you're not familiar with them, Wide Awake and Midnight Oil. I follow them up with one of Chris's favorite bands from New Zealand, and that's Black 
Black Smoke Trigger. They're from Napier, New Zealand. They put out an album also in 2019. Actually, it's EP, I guess. So they got seven songs on it. So it's kind of in an in-between stage uh, called Set It Off. Uh, if you don't know them, they're, I, I really think that they're probably indicative of a heavy, what seems to me a heavy influence of Alice in Chains in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, they have some, a couple of really cool songs, Blindfolds and Rattlesnakes and The Way I'm Wired. Love, that, love cool, the EP. Love that yeah, EP, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't mean to keep rolling without stopping for your... No, 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 keep going. No, I, no, absolutely. I mean, hey, a band like that needs uh, needs more exposure, so go on and talk about them. Yeah, I think that um, when I listen to it, the vocals don't remind me so much of Alice in Chains, but the, the guitar like tone and, and playing style um, does call up Jerry Cantrell's uh, influence uh, very much in my mind. They put out a collector's edition of that, um, that same EP uh, during last year where it had the original EP on it, and then it had, uh, I think it was four or five live songs on it, and they had one bonus song on there as well. And they did what I thought was a really cool thing. They, If you ordered the EP ahead of time, they, they signed it for you and sent it to you. And then they took a short video of themselves packaging your CD, and they, they sent you a personalized message as they mailed it off to you. And I thought that was a pretty cool thing, because that must have taken a lot of time and effort to do. And I, I think the bands that appreciate their fans like that um, deserve some, some mention. So continuing on, next I've got another one that I know is a favorite of Chris's, and that's Blackjack Mountain from Carrollton, Georgia. They're, I kind of think of them as kind of a straight-ahead rock and roll kind of band with a little tinge of swampy music in them. They had an album that uh, just came out this year that I know that he's a big fan of, Holding Time. I think uh, you like the album as well. There's a couple of songs on there that uh, I think really stand out, Witch of the Swamp and Echoes of Time. Moving ahead to uh, my sixth band of the day, so we're getting a bigger act here is a long-standing favorite uh, of many people, and I believe it's one of yours as well, and that's Blackberry Smoke. Um, they have uh, quite a few releases uh, under their belt. They're from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, they actually have a... My understanding is that the new album that they've done called You Hear Georgia should be out this this Friday as we record it. So by the time this, this is on, it should already be out. I, I did pre-order it because, um, hey, why not? Um, it's Southern Rock. They were a four-piece band that went to five pieces. If you don't know them, I suggest checking out the song Scare the Devil Out of You and Flesh and Bone. And then the seventh band that I've got for the day is one where I was probably a little closer to the line as far as being a current act. Um, and I only say that because they, they aren't doing anything right at this moment. But I have seen various stories in social media uh, about them that they plan to get back together, and that's Black Country Communion. It's uh, Glenn Hughes, Joe Bonamassa, Derek Trinian, and, and Jason Bonham. Um, I know that uh, Glenn Hughes is, has already been very active this year with the, the Daisies album, which is one of my favorite albums of the year so far, and was my number one for the first quarter. Um, if you're not familiar with the, the band, they do have a great live album called Live Over Europe, and some of my favorite songs include Sister Jane and Afterglow. So that's my closing act for day one. That's a really good festival, man. That's a very uh, um, unique way, Black Friday, and have all bands. That, and you probably could have listed probably another half dozen bands with the name Black yeah. in there too, as well. Uh, yeah, it's a running joke with with a, with a bunch of us that you know that we should retire the word Black for at least ten years for any new band. But 
Yeah, a lot of solid, great acts. You mentioned Blackberry Smoke. Their album is out. You know, when you're listening to this on Memorial Day, the album will be out already. It comes out Friday, May 28th. Uh, one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite bands to see live. If you've never had a chance to check them out in concert, they are fantastic. They are stellar. Um, perfect. And they have other accompanying musicians that do play with them to kind of give them a more full sound. But um, I'm I'm really stoked about their new album. And I can't wait to see them live. I think they're going to be here in Chicago, I want to say August, I want to say. So I would definitely want to check them. I think they're going to be with Government Mule, which is a band I've... Oh, that would be a great show. I think, I think, it's, I think it's Government Mule. I know, I know a member of Government Mule plays on the album. So I've kind of got my fingers crossed that that happens. And of course, Black Smoke Trigger um, is another great band that I love. I love their EP... Um, you know, they've been on the show here, uh, and a new music spotlight. I'm hoping we see something new from them this year or maybe early next year. Um, I know there were plans to record with Michael Wagner, but he has announced his retirement from producing in the last month. So don't think that's going to happen, which is a disappointment because I know Chris and I were talking about getting a bunch of us together to go down to Nashville and hopefully have them do a gig while we're down there, but um, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know what, who they're going to choose. If they're going to come back to America to do their new album. And of course, revival black gets mentioned a lot in our circles that we talk with in about music and as does blackjack mountain. So, you know, those are two great bands, two newer bands that everybody should check out, but that's a great first day. That's awesome. All right. I'm glad I sold you a ticket. What does your day sound like? <laughs> All right. So my day um, is again keeping with the Led Zeppelin theme. It is called Over the Hills and Far Away Day. Um, so I kind of named each day a um, uh, after a song. So it's Over the Hills and Far Away. Um, I went with more of a bluesy southern type of feel, at least for a good part of them. Um, a lot of their influences, I think, are similar to the bands that have. Um, that are on this festival. There might be some similarities to yours, which is, um, which is cool too as well. Maybe not not everyone on this day, but throughout the weekend. Um, but right. my day starts um, with a band from Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, a great new southern rock band. I've been listening to their album actually all this week, and that is Magnolia Bayou. Great three piece band from. Mississippi, check those out. For those that were fans of, oh God, what was the name of the band? I just completely, um, uh, Bishop Gunn. For those that were fans of Bishop Gunn, uh, you will like Magnolia Bayou. I know there's some connection there too with the studio they used. And, um, you know, I think a lot of them know each other. They're, they're very similar in sound, but they're also unique. So they, they opened my day up uh, with Magnolia Bayou. My second band is... They've only released an EP, but they did release a full-length album uh, under the name Black Coffee, but they had to change it to South of Eden, and that is my second band of the day, band from Columbus, Ohio, which I feel is going to be the next big band that kind of fouls with the Greta Struts, Dirty Honey, Joyous Wolf, kind of like on that trajectory. Um, I think they're a band to watch out for, so... Definitely check them out. So they're the second. Number three 
is a band that I have had the pleasure to see live to as well. Uh, I'm anticipating her new album and really excited about it. I'm hoping that it's this year. I know it's going to be some sometime soon, and that is Dorothy. Uh, that's the third band that I have on the bill. Uh, great band. I believe they're out of California too as well, which goes into the next act, which just released their first debut or first full-length album that was top five on Amazon Music, and that is from Long Beach, Illinois, Dirty Honey. Um, just another great new band that everybody should be checking out. I predict by this time next year, they will be superstars. They've got the look, they've got the sound, they've got the songs, um, so watch out for them. Uh, our first similar similar or first same pick uh, comes in the fifth band of the day, and that is Blackberry Smoke, which I just talked about. All right. Um, that a great live act, great band to see. Um, they're going to be touring too as well this coming year. So if you have a chance to get out and see them, please do. You will not be disappointed, which goes into my sixth band of the day, keeping with the black theme, very similar to, <laughs> to Robin Hood's Black Friday. And that is the Black Crows, uh, the number six band playing that day, not the headliner, but they're going to probably play, you know, an hour 20, hour 15 maybe. And then the big band, the big headliner of the day, and that is Guns N' Roses, headlining Friday. And that uh, All right. finishes up day one of Celebration Days. Well, I like your Over the Hills and Far Away. I'm going to buy a ticket for that one as well, even though I've never seen a concert in Wisconsin. It's high time that I did. Um, so, a lot of cheese, a uh, lot, lot, <laughs> lot of beer, a lot of curds, a lot of cheese curds. I'm- I'm in favor of both of those things, so I'm sure that I would love it. I'm sure the concessions would be fantastic. Uh, I think you're you're right that there is a, a little bit of, of overlap that uh, you, you can anticipate there. Um, the uh, one of the things that I thought about because because we were both assembling lists was I, I wanted to try and avoid too much overlap because I, I have a suspicion about some of the bands that you might put on there, and that's one of the reasons that I focused on stuff that I was able to get a physical copy of it. I, I got to tell you that South of Eden is one of those bands that I really wish they would put out a CD or vinyl or both because I would buy it like that. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. I know they've got, I mean, I think, yeah, I talked to both Ehab and Justin, the vocalist and the guitar player, and it sounded like their album was going to be out right after the first of the year. Now, there may be reasons why they're holding that album, maybe because they're expected to be on a tour you know, maybe late summer, yeah. early fall. So they want to kind of want to hold that album closer to the release date or closer to the announcement of the tour. So I expect them to have their album pretty soon. And if it's anything like their EP that they did, which is only released digitally, which if they're listening, please release that in, in, in a physical copy of some form. Um, yes, please. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's 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 going to be fantastic. And their Black Coffee album, which I was able to pick up um, off their old website, is another great album too, as well. So, yeah, and I'm jealous that you and Chris both have physical copies of that. That's another one that I would like to have. <laughs> well, put, keep searching Discogs and get ready to spend a fortune. So <laughs> I, I have it. On, I have it on my permanent search <laughs> for Discogs. <laughs> yeah, I've got the, I've got a few albums like that too. So. Um, but yeah, that's my uh, that's that's day one. So okay, uh, so day two, and, and, which is the Saturday, I've called Saturn's Day, um, and it's 
a day where it's going to be focused more on bands that some people would call doom, some people would call stoner metal, some people would call desert rock. Um, I just call it rock and roll, but it's 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 heavy stuff. Um, there's a lot of um, imagery that's either related to like some some dark things or uh, some like sci-fi fantasy things, which is why I decided to call it Saturn's Day. And so it's gonna it's gonna start off with the band um, that I picked for my number one album for 2019, and that's Dune Eater. They're from, I think they're from Melbourne, Australia. I, I, I saw a reference that indicates they're at least from that, from Victoria, the 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 the, the, the state or, or province, whatever the geopolitical division is, um, that's there. They're a little bit elusive to find out information on. They are on Bandcamp, which is how I got the album first place and you can get it on both cd or you could get it both on cd and vinyl i'm actually not sure if it's still available on vinyl or not um when i first got it i saw references to it being just a self-titled but then later i saw that the title appears to have been uh, adopted that, that corresponded with the, the picture on it that was called no gas no good um this this band just really does it for me the they have um i, I think if somebody likes the melvins they would like this band and they've got a lot of really cool riffs. There's great vocals that fit that, that style of music. Um, and it really just, their album grabbed me and pulled me all the way through. If, if you don't know the band, I suggest checking out the songs Hide Rider. And <laughs> they have some great song titles. Magical Hula and the Stabbing Cabin. <laughs> so um, that's my opening act. And if that doesn't grab the attention of the audience, I don't think anything will. My second band is uh, Lowrider. Um, from Stockholm, Sweden, uh, not to be confused with the so sort of legacy act that's out there that's touring. There's essentially about four members of the original War. This is a completely different band, and so if you went in search of that band and you saw this, you're in for a pretty big shock. They are heavy. Um, their their stuff is is fairly lengthy, and so I, I like to set aside um, uh, time to really devote to listening to like the entire pieces just because it's, it's not something you're going to listen to quick. This is one of a number of bands, especially on this particular day that I got to, I got to give a big hat tip to, to turbo. One of the other contributors to, to my, my future bankruptcy, uh, because he's very well versed in a lot of uh, stuff out there that is off the, the radar of most of the listening public. This band is one of them. Um, if you don't know the band, I suggest listening to the songs pipe writer and Chivalry. They have two albums, Ode to IO and which is a reference to the moon. And um, Refractions, both very good. The third act is one of my current favorites, uh, The Age of Truth, which, again, Turbo clued me into. Um, their album that came out in 2017, um, Threshold, is probably my most listened to album um, in the last two months. It's like it's something that I keep going back to. It's like I, I want to listen to other stuff, but I keep the, the, the riffs in it are, are so compelling to me and so cool, and the vinyl that I got was a really cool Blood Red, that I am super excited because they have a new album that's coming out, um, I believe in July, called Resolute. Uh, they did release a single off of the album um, called Salome, which is based on the um, Dance of the Seven Veils, and the, the band, I'm really excited about that album coming out. So they have a, a couple of great songs. They actually, the entire album Threshold, their first album, is worth checking out. But if you want to get a taste of them, uh, look, look to When I Come Back a God and Caroline. Great band. Followed by another great band. 
Um, one that I tend to think is kind of like a great heavy songwriting band that's from a rated R world, and that's the band Ten Foot Wizard from Manchester, England. Uh, they have three full-length albums out right now. The most recent one was Get Out of Your Mind in 2020. Um, I, I found out about this band from Turbo, who sent me the title of a song that I won't repeat in case there's anyone um, of a tender age listening, but I laughed out loud when I saw the title of the song, and then I clicked on it, and I thought, man, this is an awesome song, and I immediately ordered the album. Um, listen to the songs Broken Man and On We Go. Uh, if, if you dig like corrosion of conformity type guitars or the sword, I really think you'd like this band. My fifth band, um, is one that released an album in 2020 called Venus Sky Trip that I saw listed amongst, uh, connoisseurs of, of heavy, heavy music as their favorite album of the year. The band is Cyclona. Um, it is somewhat, I mean, it's definitely in, in what people would classify as the stoner metal. Uh, area and the album Venus Sky Trip is just tremendous. Uh, there is a one of the songs on that album, Star, is a song that I keep hitting repeat on, and it's because it's going. It starts off it's going along, and then it does something that just really pulls you in. That something involves cowbell, and I can't stop listening to the song. Uh, another great song by them off their prior album is, is Beakfoot Secret Cave. Uh, very cool band. The sixth act that I want to have on Saturn's Day is one that uh, I think I first heard about them from you. Uh, it could have been in your um, year-end discussion. Um, no, actually, I think it was probably one of the core discussions that you had with, with Chris, and that's 1,000 Mods. The uh, Youth of Descent album was my pick for the album of, of 2020. Um, the song Young is my absolute favorite on the album. Um, they have five albums out since 2011, a uh, song, uh, Vintage or Vitage, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, uh, is also great. They're a band from Athens, Greece, and we're going to revisit Athens, Greece in my lineup on day three. Um, and it's, it's the, they're the next to last or penultimate band on my, on my list. And then number seven for my Saturn's day, for my, my heavy duty day is going to be Greenleaf. Uh, I did hear your conversation um, recently with uh, Tommy, the singer from Greenleaf, excuse me, not the singer, the guitar player from Greenleaf, and um, I thought it was very cool. They have a slew of albums out there from uh, Borlanga, Sweden, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Their album Echoes from a Mass from this year is phenomenally good. Um, the song Good God, I Better Run is, is killer uh, from their last album before that. <clears throat> excuse me, Hear the Rivers, the rumble and the weight is really good. And they're going to close out my Saturn's day. What a day. Um, 1,000 Mods and Greenleaf are both phenomenal bands, two of my favorites. 1,000 Mods, if, if, if you further, want to further your potential bankruptcy, have fun, <laughs> have fun finding those three, their first three albums that I've been I, lucky enough to obtain. I did get. Uh, I do have a CD of Supervan Vacation. Okay, I got that. There's Vultures, and then I at the third one. Right. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but um, I searched high and low, and I finally found them in a record store, I believe in Austria, and awesome. <laughs> and I was able to get them from a record store in Austria. So, one. I, I think the third album is Repeated Exposure too. Yes. Yes. That's um, just just a great band. If you're 
you know, it's got elements of some punk with some like Black Sabbath with some like Alice in Chains type stuff. It's a really unique mix of influences, um, but they do it really well. There's that's a band that I hope comes back to the states. I know they released their album Youth of Descent last year. I think it was last spring, and obviously they were unable to tour because of the pandemic. But I know they've been to the states previously and i hope they come back again because they're a great band greenleaf is another band i'd love to see and the other five bands well i've got to do some homework because (laughs) i i I know i've seen turbo recommend those bands and i just haven't had time to listen so i got to check them out too yeah i I, if the uh if i think that the age of truth is is a the, the threshold record is a tremendous record that if it was something that I had discovered in 2017, it would have been my record of the year. Cause it's just, it's just fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. So no, that's a good day. Uh, day two for me is called the misty mountain hop. And it is probably the peak day Saturday with the acts that are around. Not to say that Sunday doesn't have some great acts cause it does, but this is really kind of, a jam-packed day of some great new bands, some bands that kind of have arrived, and a couple legacy bands that still um, have a lot of popularity and now are starting to get popular with the youth because of a couple reasons, which I'll get to. So my first band is another band that we kind of mix, is and that's Black Smoke Trigger, opening it up with them. Um, we go back to where we go to Sweden, for band number two, it's a band that uh, I love. It's got a very hard edge to it. Really great, hard-rocking band. It's an all-female band, and that is Thunder Mother. Mm-hmm. So that is on my, my second act. My third act kind of brings some fun and some you know some energy to kind of a throwback era, and that is The Struts, a number three act of the day. Um, a great band. They had an album come out last year too, as well with special guest Tom Morello, Joe Elliott's on that album. And then of course my fourth band, which just released their album in April, their second full length album. And that is Greta Van Fleet as the fourth band. Um, I love their album. I know it's a very polarizing record for <laughs> a lot of people and a lot of people that Rob and I both talk to. And I just feel that uh, I like it. I like their progression. I like the progginess on the new album. It still has a bit of Zeppelin influence, but I don't think you can say that it sounds more Zeppelin than ever because it doesn't. Um, I don't think you can really continue to make those comparisons to Zeppelin because they do bring a whole other form of influence with them. You see, you'll hear a lot of Elton John, you hear a lot of Stones. It's definitely 70s-esque. I will say that. It's definitely 70s influence. But I think there's a lot of growth on this album. And I'm sure Chris Corradetti and I will have that discussion when we do our second quarter review. (laughs) But uh, I think there's also, you know, that's one of the things that's missing today is that polarizing rock band that we all knew and loved when we were growing up, you know? whether it was Bon Jovi, whether it was Metallica, whether it was a band that you know half the class hated and half the class loved, I think that's missing. And I'm glad to see that that's, some of that is coming back. So I do, yeah. I do like that. My, my sixth band is a band that's been around for a little over 10 years that, in my opinion, should be 
the new face of rock music. And they have an album coming out later this year. Uh, their album Feral Roots was my favorite album in 2019, and that is Rival Sons. Great band. Jay Buchanan just completely nails it. They're a band, again, from Long Beach. Um, and then my sixth act, which, again, really has pulled in the youth back to rock music. When you, If you talk to any young male teenager in high school, maybe some females too, they all know about the movie The Dirt. And they all love it. It's their fast times at Ridgemont High for their generation. And that is Motley Crue playing sixth. And the headliner, the big headliner, the basically, well, there's, there's, I mean, Guns N' Roses and my other Sunday headliner are both big acts too. But this is like the, the peak. This is the celebration of one of the greatest bands in rock history that just released a phenomenal album in November of 2020. And that is ACDC to cap out the Misty Mountain Hop Day. Okay. Well, I've decided I'm going to buy an all festival pass for your festival. So uh, you <laughs> suck me in. Awesome. Um, I do, you know, you know, I do like that Greta Van Fleet album um, mostly. There's some stuff on it that doesn't quite click with me, but there's enough material on it. And I would say probably the majority of the t- material on it that, that is in that, that, that bluesy guitar based. Um, mode that, that is what I'm looking for in, in, in most rock and roll. I, I think that I made a comment, this is probably about two years ago, I guess, that um, I, I find it remarkable that there are so many people, and you've talked about it before, who are wedded to classic rock, who um, have these laments about how music doesn't sound the way it does, or the way we used to, that they like. And then a band like Greta Van Fleet comes out that is clearly in that blues-based hard rock tradition and they give them nothing but grief. And I understand that, that the vocals aren't to everyone's um, uh, taste, but uh, I, I like the, the new album. Um, I like their first album. I like their first EP. Uh, the Highway Song is a great rocking song. And, and, and so I, I'm with you on that one. I really thought about including Rival Sun. The only reason I didn't is because I thought they might be too bit busy with your festival to play with mine well that is that is a good point you know they can't double book and i've got i got i got exclusive exclusive rights to all my bands that they cannot do another festival for 30 days before or after so that kind of takes them out for the summer um but no you, you know you're right on greta van fleet you know i i understand if if you don't like the music i get it you know you, you can't like everything but i what i don't like and I think it's it's ridiculous is how it's just you know they're they're just trying to tear them down and and I guess that's just the way society works now is you know you build something up and then you get tired of it and then you just want to tear it down. I've seen Greta Van Fleet three times in concert. I saw him at Lincoln Hall, um, which is about a two hundred people you know two hundred capacity one hundred fifty to two hundred capacity club, and then I saw him at the Aragon Ballroom. Once with my buddy, and then I took my son a couple nights after, or vice versa. I can't remember, but all three times they were phenomenal. All three times they were they were. I mean, these are young kids at the time that I don't think any of them were over twenty two at the time, um, and they were just fantastic. Um, their new album is has some proggy elements. It's it's very jam band uh, in terms of the elements of the music, but Every song, you know, is is kind of like an epic song. 
I don't know if I, you know, always agree with that approach, but I admire the ambition. I admire how ambitious they are, are, are becoming and going after it and not putting any boundaries on their music. And I think that they're just going to keep growing. And I think that, you know, like you said, we hear people bitch and moan about, no, the music isn't what it used to be. And then here's a band that embodies that celebration of that music. Yeah. And, oh, they suck. They're Led Zeppelin cover band. And, yeah, there's the comparisons. But I think their new album is much different. I think they're actually their new album, you know, their sounds are kind of like Rush meets the Stones meets yeah. Zeppelin yeah. meets the Faces, you know. So I, that's kind of how I um, that's kind of how I describe the album. I have not seen them live yet, but I bought tickets to their upcoming LA show yesterday. They're going to be playing at the the Greek theater uh, and uh, in October. And so I'm really excited. I'm really excited about live music coming back, obviously, but uh, I'm excited just to see them and see what kind of show they put on. Yeah. You will like them. I mean, unless things have changed, they were, they were a phenomenal act. I mean, they, you know, I've talked to other bands that are friends with them offline and you know, they all they all those guys do is play music. That's they, they, like yeah. that's like their whole life is they just write and play music, and you know I mean they're almost you could probably consider them prodigies in a, in a way that they're able to make this music the way it is, and uh, and, and and they're connecting with the youth of America. There's no doubt about it. My son, right. his friends, right. all love them. So you know we're also not in the demographic. Classic rock fans are not in the demographic to really you know, make a difference in my opinion, but all right, moving along to the third day, the third and final day. This is when all the beers got to be sold and all the merch has got to be, be bought. And so my, my, my third day Sunday is entitled and on the third day with an ellipsis after that. Nice. Um, and my day is, is, is closer to, um, straight ahead rock and roll. Um, it's not as heavy as day two was, but there's certainly heaviness here. In fact, there's, there's one band that I contemplate, there's actually two bands that I contemplated could play on day two, but I included them on day three. And so I'm going to start right off with a, a band that completely captured my ears when I found out about them again from turbo. It's not the, it's not the heaviness that, that he's filled my, my, my credit card with on the, from day two, um, but it is a band that not only caught my attention, but I think it caught Skylab's attention too. And that's white dog. The band is from Austin, Texas. They released their, uh, debut album, white dog last year. And I think Skylab said that the Almond brothers are clearly alive here. And that is absolutely right. There is the, the vocals do not sound like Greg Almond, but the, the guitar lines are very much along the, uh, the same in the same vein as the harmonized guitar stuff that Dwayne Allman and Dickie Betts used to do. I'm listening to the album, and I, it's like I suddenly had this, this epiphany, and I bought both the CD and the vinyl, which is a very cool turquoisey color. And I ran to the album to look at the liner notes because that's something you can do when you buy the physical copy. And um, something that caught my attention that I thought my ears were hearing turned out to be true, and that is, is a completely analog album. And it is tremendous. The musicianship is great. Um, it kind of like pulls you in and doesn't let you go until the complete album is done. Um, some of my favorite songs on are, are Varus Cultus and, and Black Powder. 
and it is a damn cool album. Second band is one that uh, I learned about from Chris, and that is Wedge. They're from uh, Berlin, and they actually have three albums out. At the moment, I only have the most recent release, which is from uh, this year, and it's called Like No Tomorrow. And, you know, I, I, sometimes it's hard to describe bands uh, without comparing them to something else. And I feel like I get frustrated with myself for doing that sometimes because I think it's sort of lazy. But at the same time, it's also the best way to try and clue people in who aren't familiar with the band. And so I can't say this band is like early Uriah Heep, but there's like something there that calls that up in my mind. Because even though it's a, it's a trio, they have a heavy guitar component and they also have a lot of organ stuff in the in the uh, music as well and it's just it's really cool the, there, there's a song blood red wine on the like no tomorrow album that is uh outstanding the, the album opener computer is also really good and gives you a taste of that organ component that i'm talking about my my third band is uh one that just had its debut album released about a week ago and it's the band Witch, that's spelled W-Y-T-C-H. They are from, I'm going to pronounce, mispronounce this one, I know, uh, a town called Skelestia, Sweden. The debut album is called Exordium. And I think that uh, there is a very strong possibility this album is going to end up in my top 10 for the year. Um, I made a comment uh, recently on the group that the production for this album is exactly what I'm looking for. I get really put off by a lot of modern album production where the, the sound is overcompressed. There's vocal auto tunes. There's too many effects and everything is so drenched in sound that you don't hear the real character of the instruments or, or the singer. And this album is not that way. You, you hear the players play, you hear the singer sing and the, the female singer for this band has a tremendous voice. Um, there's a song called the savior on there where it's a little bit of a longer song and it has a couple little changes in it. And if you make it to the end, you hear something where she really stretches her vocals out. And it just kind of captures my attention because of how good her voice is. Um, I think Turbo actually called the song a classic when he listened to it after I brought it up. And then there's another song called Blood that I really like on the album as well. Very good album. Uh, my fourth band is one that I know Christy has really... Um, uh, embraced and taken to heart, um, not the least of which is probably because it's from her neck of the woods in Orange County here in California, and that's Desert of Talking Shadows. And so I kept checking back to see, because they were posting uh, periodically that they were working on an album, and they have finally released that album. It's called Foreshadowing. It just came out uh, probably about a month or so ago. Um, I think that if someone is really into Chris Cornell's vocals, um, they'll find something to like here. The guy does not sound exactly like Chris Cornell. I'm not saying that, but, but there's elements of it there that I think would really appeal to, to fans of the Soundgarden sound. Um, there's a song called End of the Lie and another called Dead Fruit on there that I think are good examples of that. Great band. My fifth, yeah, yeah. My, my fifth band of the day takes us back to Athens, Greece, and that's the band Roland Dice. Um, I actually don't remember who initially mentioned this band to me, uh, I got a hold of both of their albums. I bought them probably about five, six months ago. Uh, their first album was called Weight of the Sun in 2017. They had an album last year called Reroll. And they're a three-piece band that sounds much bigger than three pieces. They are a great rock and roll band. This one is one that I thought maybe could fit into the heavy, doomy day, although they're not really quite that. Um, 
some great songs to check out are New Heights and Into the Fire. Uh, really great Greek band. Number six is a band that you've already mentioned, um, and that's Magnolia Bayou. I can't believe you didn't have Strange Place in your top ten for last year. That is a phenomenally good album. It is. Uh, they have, they have a, a really cool rock, swampy sound to them. The song Hurricane, to me, is an absolute classic, and it like just stirs my soul to listen to the song. Um, there's there's another song off their, their first album, which is a self-titled release, uh, called Storm, that I think is really good. And I, Both of those albums, from opening song to, to closing song, are really strong. If you had some, if somebody's a rock and roll fan and they're not listening to Magnolia Bayou, they need to rectify that. My closing band for the festival is is one that I only recently found out about, and I uh, kick myself for not knowing about this band sooner. Um, it is a band that has heavy bluesy rock. They have a guitar tone that I love, and their songs are. So so strong. They have three albums out. They've been out for more than a decade. The, the first album's been out for more than a decade. The last album was from uh, 2019, and that is the band Zed. Um, they are a... I, I, I don't think I can say enough good stuff. I could overdose on this without minding at all. Um, they're, they have a couple of really good songs to check out if you don't know them. Crawl Back to You is one of my favorites. They have a song called Wings of the Angel that really gets me when it gets to the chorus. Um, this band, well, I figured, hey, Zed is a great band to end because Zed's the end of the alphabet. So that's going to close out my three-day festival. That's a great day, man. That's a, I agree with you on the Magnolia Bayou album. And it just missed my top 10, but it is a fantastic, fantastic album. Yeah. yeah. And you've given Absolutely. me a lot of stuff I need to listen to because... <laughs> You and you and Turbo are just like gonna gonna like put each other well, like I, on, on financial like like the hardship. I, I got to say that I find out way more from him than he finds out from me. He is a resource. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is definitely man. He's always got something. I don't know where he yeah. finds this stuff too. It's like amazing. I don't either. <laughs> you know, it's like I always thought that I had good resources to find stuff, and I was able to. To you know, I had like the correct algorithms and here or there, but man, he's like at a whole new, another different level. Yeah, he, there's not a day that goes by that he doesn't suggest something that I listen to, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna go broke just buying the stuff that he's suggesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Every time he posts, I like, oh man, please stop posting new music. Him and Terry, <laughs> him and Terry from the UK yeah. are gonna drive yeah. all of us into bankruptcy. Yeah, there's there's a, there's another guy that, that uh, isn't part of our, our conversation, but that Turbo and I talked to, um, and, and that's uh, his his Twitter handle is at FuzzDoomRip. Um, I think it's all spelled together in the conventional way. And the reason I think that we cross paths is because he's clearly a huge fan of the band Trouble, which I love. Trouble, um, the old and, heavy metal band from Chicago. Yeah, the, okay. from Chicago. Yeah, I love Trouble, and I, I never thought they got the attention they deserve. And he and Turbo go back and forth a lot. And he, he, I think he stated that his goal is to own every vinyl release from the Ripple label. And so he knows a ton of the, the Doomy stuff. That And so between him and Turbo, I, it's like, I'm going to have to, I need, I need some stimulus checks to come my way or something. That's all, yeah. I mean, that or maybe start driving for Uber 
you know? Maybe. <laughs> and then and then just have them deposit your money straight into like the Discog account, you know? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I, I have flashbacks to my youth where when I worked in a pizza restaurant in uh, in the Denver area when I was growing up, it, it's almost like the instant that I got my paycheck, I would head straight to the local yep. record store and I would blow most of my paycheck there. And I feel like I'm regressing. I make a little more money now than I used to. And so my wife and I still can afford to eat, but it's like pushing it. Yeah. I, I, the way I explain my, my music buying habits is I go in, I go into like a hypnosis where (laughs) like, I'm like, I'm only going to buy one album. Right. And then like 45 minutes later, I'm like, dude, did I just spend like $200 on music? (laughs) You know, like what am I thinking? You know? So no, I wish I could say, I, I, yeah, I wish I could say I don't understand, but I do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's crazy, man. It is. It is. So, all right. So getting to my third day called Achilles last stand, um, that is the day of this festival. And this has got a little bit more of a harder edge to it than the other. This is, um, it's got some, you know, not, not every band is, is heavier, but it's got more of a, um, metal type of feel to it. Um, at least, towards the end of the of the day uh i'm excited it starts out with an, a great up-and-coming band from canada a two-piece band called Crownlands, a band that i love i mean they have a great spirit about them they've got a great um unique sound i mean there's a, there's a lot of two pieces out there that you know we all know the white stripes we all know the black keys but there's really three right now that i really dig um Crownlands is one of them um, the blue stones is, is another one that I, that I do like. And the third one is the cold stairs. Um, yeah, all, I figured you'd probably mention that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the blue stones kind of have more of a funky feel. The, um, the, the cold stairs are very unique in that, um, you know, they have a, a, a low end, which is not common yeah. with, um, with uh um whatchamacallit um two pieces and crownlands which crownlands really adds elements of native american uh, history um and a lot of nature um they're very in tune to like the earth it's a very unique um way to approach music i really dig it they're very unique they very they did they do get compared a lot to rush because they kind of just did these two songs that are kind of a tribute to them. They're not rush cover tunes, but they're kind of have that spirit of rush. So Mm -hmm. check those out, but a great band that I do enjoy listening to, uh, moving on to the second act of the day. And that is a band that I cannot wait to see at the end of June. They're coming to Chicago to a small club. I think they're going to be on tour. I know you've seen them live. And they do have an EP. Um, I know we talked full length. I was able. I, I I'm kind of cool with just EP. I know they got a new album coming out this year. Um, Joyous Wolf is just a fantastic yeah. band. Um, they've opened up for Deep Purple. They've opened up for Buck Cherry. Um, they they are really growing their audience. They're a band that I think too is kind of like the next band to really kind of break. You know, you look at the Struts. Struts kind of bring that 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 queen british pop atmosphere to rock you know bring that old school type of energy back whereas zeppelin is kind of more that 70s 
you know, jam band now. Like they're kind of evolving into that. Dirty Honey is more like the Aerosmith with some ACDC in it. Yeah. And Joyous Wolf to me combines all of that with elements of grunge in the 90s. Very Soundgarden, very Alice in Chains. Um, so I dig them. I, I love that band. Big things, I think, are, are headed for them. The third the third band, or the yeah, you, yeah, they are they are a band. It's not just a solo artist that many people confuse. Have their album coming out on June 11th, the debut album, and that is Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen's band, um, mm-hmm. which has just got the six songs that he has released so far are absolutely stunning. Big things are ahead for them. They kind of covers all bases with you know the harder stuff to also very melodic and very you know hook oriented. You know, obviously he was influenced by his father, but I also believe that it's not in your face. It's not a a you know another Van Halen album with just Wolfie doing it. There's elements of yeah. Van Halen in it, but it's his own unique sound, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, moving on to number four for the day, uh, a band that has really risen over the last couple of years. They just released their new album, I think in February, and that is the Pretty Reckless. Um, just a great, great band. I, I hope they, they did cancel their tour dates, or I don't know if they had tour dates announced, but they announced that they probably won't be touring until 2022. Um, so that's disappointing. Um, the fifth band on the bill is very theatric, very, um, adds elements of kiss and Ozzy and King diamond and Marilyn Manson. And that is ghost at the, the fifth band on the bill. They have a new album coming out later this year too, as well. Another act that has an album coming out later on this year. The sixth band on the bill is, one of the bands that we talked about at the beginning of the show, part of the Us Festival, and I included them in that to kind of pay tribute to that festival, and that is Judas Priest. And the headline act, which for a long time was the biggest metal act going, and that finishes the day off, finishes the festival off, and that is Metallica. That's okay. You've got me. You sold me. <laughs> you're uh yeah you're you're right I, I i was fortunate enough to see joyous wolf it was the second to last show that i saw before everything shut down um i, I dragged my my wife to they played in a, a tiny bar in uh in fullerton out here called the slide bar and it was of limbo which i, I know you you had uh oh, those guys. you had yeah I, I know you had them on on your show and actually i, I had a chance to talk to them at, during that show or after that show, and I mentioned to them that I had heard them on the on your podcast, and one of the band members goes, "See, podcasts work." <laughs> and uh, Joyous, Joyous Wolf was great. I mean, this was a, a small club that we saw them in. There probably was not a hundred people in there. It was sweaty. It was rock and roll. Um, they have a much bigger presence than that stage allowed them. Uh, the, the the guitars were just were just like in the zone, and and I, I agree with you that they are they're they're destined for for great things, and they are another band that I really wish wish would put out a uh, a physical copy of that EP um, because I, I would love to have that either a CD or vinyl or both 
Um, you know, Ghost is a band that I've, I've had a really hard time getting into. And I, I can see, uh, you're right about the theatrical aspect of it. And um, back when I was a much younger lad, I went through a merciful fate phase. So the, the King Diamond thing is there. I, I have a little bit of a hard time with the vocals. I'm not sure if I can identify what it is, but I'd certainly be willing to, to, to see the act because I know that's really a, a stage show um, and see what it's all about. Yeah, I saw him open up for Maiden about four years ago. And it's really, it's it was strange because these people stand up in the show and they look like the priest from Ghost. They're the, or they, or they call, <laughs> do they call them the high priest still? I think that's what they, that's what they call them. And they don't clap. They don't show any emotion. They just stand there. And there was probably about a dozen or two individuals in the in the crowd, at least that I saw, that were just doing that. They were just standing there, like still, throughout the whole show. And then once the show was over, they were gone. It was it That's was interesting. <laughs> it was really interesting and um kind of creepy in a way too. But yeah, yeah. Um but they really do, I mean, gosh, I mean they're playing arenas right now. Um I know their next album is highly anticipated. So, you know, they're another band that is still, I kind of put them in the pretty reckless Rival Sons, Blackberry Smoke kind of period where they've been around for about 10 years. Um, they're yeah. not exactly new, but they're probably new to a lot of people, and I understand that. But, um, you know, they're a band, too, that I think is is going to kind of be, you know, like Rival Sons really took a leap over the last couple of years, I think. Right. You know, Ghost is headed for that that leap. I think Pretty Reckless is headed for that leap. I think Blackberry Smoke, they've got a very sturdy, very loyal following wherever right. they go. Um, you know, it, it's kind of hard for that type of Southern rock music to kind of, you know, transfer over into other genres. But yeah. they've got a healthy fan base. I'm one of their fans. I love them. So, um, yeah, they're awesome. Well, the uh, having Metallica as the the closing act to your your uh, your festival is, is certainly going to keep me there until the end. I've, I've seen Metallica four times. I saw them three times uh, back in the day, so to speak, uh, including I saw them as the second act on the Monsters of Rock tour in '88. Oh wow! Uh, so I saw them, I saw them in the old Mile High Stadium. Um, that they're they're show was was pretty good they had some sound issues during the show that was frustrating it was clearly frustrating for the band um but uh they they have been great every time i've seen them the most recent time was when they were in san diego in support of uh of their most recent album uh and they were um they were phenomenal to to watch they were they were clearly uh they're clearly a an experience yeah no it's um I've seen them, Jesus. I, I, I saw them a lot when I was younger. I, I saw them on yeah. the Atlas. Um, oh, what was the Atlas Rise was the name of the album? Um, yeah, right. The, no, the uh, <laughs> that, that's one of the songs. The <laughs> now I'm drawing a blank too. It's like it's infected me. Yeah, um, what is it? Um, <laughs> hard, uh, hardwired to self destruct. Yes, yes, hardwired. Yeah. So I, I took I took my son. I and this is when I started to really come to the you know realization that I'm getting old. Is Me too. I took I, a week before that I took my son to see Iron Maiden and Ghost, and I walked out of that show 
completely I couldn't even hear a damn thing. It felt like I was standing next to an airplane. It was so loud. Yeah. So the following week, I've got Metallica and Avenged Sevenfold. And my ears were not fully recovered from the week prior to that. And here I am at Metallica and Avenged Sevenfold at Soldier Field. And I remember just walking out of that. I'm like, I can't, I can't do these shows this close together <laughs> like I did before. It was, I mean, like I, I couldn't hear, like I'm in meetings the following week at work. And I'm going, excuse me, pardon me. What, what did you say? You know, because um, I couldn't hear, but yeah, I mean, just loud. And they were phenomenal on the Hardwire tour too. They were awesome. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did Gojira open that show? Gojira was not part of that show. No. Okay, because I saw, because when they were in San Diego for that same tour, uh, Avenged Sevenfold was also there, and Gojira was the opening act, and I, I, I feel you, my, they were incredibly loud, I mean, we were in fairly high seats, and my, my ears were ringing from the opening act, and I thought, well, this is going to be a good rock and roll show. <laughs> yeah, no, they were they were great. Um, the last time I saw them before that had to be on the Load Tour, it was probably the last time I saw Metallica prior to... That was the tour where there was some kind of like stage. It was like a, it wasn't real, but it was like a, a stage mishap. I think that was the low yeah. tour where, um, you know, they act like somebody was on fire towards the end of the show or whatever. Um, and then of course I saw them on the black album and I think I'm trying to remember who opened up for them on the black album. Maybe it was suicidal tendencies. And then, oh, very cool. yeah. And then I saw them on and justice with Queensryche. And, yeah, I saw that tour too. Yeah. yeah. And then Master. Um, oh God, I, I'm trying to remember because I saw them once at the Aragon Ballroom when they were when they were younger. And I don't remember yeah. if that was Master the Master of Puppets tour or if that was Ride the Lightning. I can't remember. But I still, I still remember there used to be, it's called the Allstate Arena now, and it's a, it's a 2018 to 22,000 uh, seater capacity for concerts. I've seen a lot of bands there. And it used to be called Rosemont Horizon. And Rosemont, Illinois is right off O'Hare Airport. So it's basically the city that's right next to O'Hare. And next to it is the town that I grew up called the Splains. And there's there used to be a bowling alley called Forest View Bowling Alley in in Desplaines. It may have been Rosemont, but it was right on the edge of Desplaines or or Rosemont. I think it was Desplaines. But anyway, I still remember walking in there as a young kid on a on a Saturday night or a Friday night after Metallica just got done playing at all at the Rosemont Horizon or maybe a gig in the city, sitting in the bowling alley with a haze of smoke because bowling alleys that's where everybody smoked and shop pool and they were just hanging out drinking with fans i mean they couldn't have been they were in their early 20s i want to say it was just amazing fantastic yeah (laughs) you know and i'm too you know we didn't didn't have your your camera phones back then and yeah yeah i don't even know if i got their autograph if i did it was probably on a napkin that i probably accidentally threw out (laughs) you know but but yeah metallica you know it's, it's just been a great band. I know they've been writing music throughout the pandemic, or at least that's what their the reports say. Yeah. Um, we'll see if they release a new album this year or next. So Well, I will I will buy it the day it comes out if they do. Yeah, you got Maiden's album coming out later this year. Yeah. You got Priest. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming out still. I mean, we're just under halfway through the year 
And it just seems like this is going to be the year of music. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, whenever, this will be regarded as the year rock music came back. Right. The the year that my music uh, possession went up and my bank account went down. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, and then you got all these pre-orders with, like, splatter patterns on the vinyl. Oh, yeah. It's like, who thought of that? Whoever thought of that doesn't like me. Okay, because exactly. they know I'm going to spend that money. It's like, do you hate me? They, they smell the weakness. <laughs> it's like, oh, that splatter pattern looks so good, you know? So, yeah. Well, hopefully somebody will listen to this episode and think, what a great idea for these festivals. Let's make this happen, and let's pay a commission to the guys that thought of these. That's what we're doing it for. That's what we're here. Yeah. You know, we're here. <laughs> you know, hey, man, money talks. You know, show us the money. Um, right. But we thought of it, but no, it's, it, this is all good fun. Uh, you know, I, I do hope that who's ever listening, we have, we will be posting on our social media to pick your festival and, you know, pick your day one, only seven bands. They must all be active. Okay. It can't be some fantasy where Van Halen and Zeppelin and Queen. Yeah. No, I will make fun of you if you do that. So follow directions. Don't be like our friend Chris Corradetti that can't follow simple directions like in the last episode of, of uh, our, our top albums in the first quarter. Well, I, I didn't include the albums that were released a few days before the end of the quarter. Well, it does say the first quarter. Well, I couldn't listen to them. I couldn't really digest them. I'm like, dude, I've been listening to them for hours, like not sleeping. Make sure I listen to this stuff. But anyway, he's, you know. Hopefully, the end of June will allow him enough time before we record in July. So, there's plenty of material out there, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rob, it's been a blast, man. Thank you very much for doing this. This is a great episode. I hope people enjoy it. Thank you, Jay. I really had fun putting it together. I <laughs> I had to work to put it together. Yeah, this wasn't easy. You know, you kind of had to have a theme. You had to have a flow. You kind of yeah. had to pick what bands and stuff. So, hopefully, people enjoyed it. Hopefully, there's some new music that they heard or some new bands that they heard on the show that they'll check out because everything that we mentioned is worth checking out. But uh, but thank you again. Thank you, Jack. All right, everybody. Happy Memorial Day to you. Enjoy your barbecue. Enjoy that barbecue sauce, that corn on the cob, that fresh watermelon, cold beer, cold whatever you're drinking. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your day off. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on any podcast uh, platform, wherever you listen, please subscribe to us so you get the early release of every episode, usually dropped a few hours before the episode drops on my social media or on our social media. But everybody have a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will certainly talk again soon. Thanks.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.